Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Latino Card. You are listening on KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. I'm Rebecca De Leon. I'm JJ Saldana. And we are here with a very special guest again for like the fifth time. She's basically <laughs> another co-host, Rachel Spachek from the Idaho Press. I welcome, was about welcome. to say, am I still very special I at this well, point? Okay, you're no <laughs> to be fair, you're, yeah, you're a little less special. <laughs> you ruined the moment. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, we're always glad to have you back on. Rachel is the um, Latinx community reporter for the Idaho Press. And so today we're going to be talking about what the heck just happened last week with this election. Uh, And as it is apropos for this show, we are going to take a look at um, the Latino vote, Latino perspective, what happened there. uh, And we're going to solve racism. Uh, by the end of this 30, 30 Like we usually show. do. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, all in a day's work. Uh, so I, I've been hearing a lot of sort of varying reports about um, the Latino vote, about how many, what percentage voted for which presidential candidate. Uh, but it's pretty, pretty well known across the board that the Latino vote turned out bigger for Trump this year than it did in 2016. And so we have a lot of lot of like political analysts, pollsters, news people, columnists, all kinds of people trying to figure out what happened there. Why did that happen? Um, and it seems like the answer is, as usual, uh, pretty nuanced and pretty um, complex because that is how people are. Um, and so we we brought Rachel in. She's been obviously doing some reporting on on the Latino community, and JJ has been working with the Latino community for longer than I can even remember. Um, well, because you, <laughs> I didn't want to date you. <laughs> but I just I feel like we um, they kind of always just lump us all into one category as Latinos, and right. it's really. It's a very diverse community. Yeah, and so that's kind of one of the the very strong points that have been coming out, especially from, like, commentators who are Latino or Latina. And they they have been saying, like, quote-unquote, Latino voters is not a thing. Like, stop saying the Latino vote. Stop saying Latino voters is not a thing because Latinos are not monolithic. Because Latino, that that term encompasses a whole lot of different kinds of people, like Cuban-Americans, people from Puerto Rico, people from Mexico, multi-generational people who have been here for a long time, maybe don't even speak Spanish, people who um, come here from... Uh, any kind of Spanish-speaking country in, uh, except for Spain. Spain is the only one that's excluded from, like, the quote-unquote Latino, but all of the countries in the Caribbean um, and then all of the countries in Central and South America, and all of them bring very different views and very different right. perspectives. And yeah. so, you know, and I have been reading a lot of these kinds of things that say, like, Latino vote shouldn't be a thing anymore, and if you say Latino vote, you're, like, racist against Latinos. And Yes and no, because the, their point is that there is so much diversity under that umbrella term Latino. But at the same time, like the, there's so much diversity under any umbrella, like the, the women vote is also very much a thing. And women turned out for Trump uh, in higher numbers also. Right. And then in 2016, it went up from 52 percent of white women to 55 percent of white women uh, turned out for Trump. And it's like they're not monolithic either. Mm-hmm. They I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, any kind of like, quote unquote, Latino vote 
or, or Latino vote, the male vote, the youth vote, whatever. It, there's always a term. None of them are monolithic. But the thing is, is like the same people often who are saying like Latino vote isn't really a thing. You guys need to realize we're not all the same. They're also the same ones often saying, well, the Democrats lost um, room in the Latino vote because they didn't come out for Latinos hard enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, both of those things can't be true at the same time. So there, there's, there's a lot of nuance in just analyzing the terms and where the people come from. And so, you know, a lot of people are pretty baffled about why um, the vote for Trump among Latinos, quote unquote Latinos, went up considering, you know, the the stances that he has taken on immigration, considering the things that he has said, such as like all Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and criminals. Like, why would you vote for him after he says that? Uh, and so we have a few ideas. Do you guys want to throw some out? One thing that was very overwhelming was the youth vote. The younger people went one way specifically. And I was just looking at something that Jose Antonio Vargas posted right now on Twitter, and it sh- breaks it down. Black youth, Asian youth, Latino youth, and white youth. And Latino youth, 75% went Biden, 21% went Trump, and then uh, the other rest was other. Um, black youth was 88% Biden. Um, white youth was 53% um, Biden, 42% um, Trump. Yeah, and I think that's something that um, we've also been hearing is, you know, the youth vote did go for Biden while, mm-hmm. like, older Latinos might have been, you know, more, you know, have a softer spot, I guess, for for um, Trump's Trump. And I think one thing that we've been reading, or at least I've been reading, is Trump's rhetoric around Biden pushing socialism and, you know, having these really liberal ideas might have, you know, struck a chord with Latinos who are from, you know, uh, countries that may have like socialist dictators and things like that. That's one thing I've been hearing. I don't know if you guys have heard that as well. That's what I hear about specifically the Cuban votes and their vote. They pretty much went Trump and it's because of that dictatorship that they're being coming from and they hear about the socialism and they're like, oh. And so um, a lot of the pundits on TV have been saying that's how they've been getting a lot of these countries like Cuba and Venezuela, stuff like that. Um, But for example, but Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans in Florida, for example, overwhelmingly went um, for Biden. And, you know, I'm sure that they remember how they were treated after Hurricane Maria. Well, and there's something that I want to point out in in as we break down these statistics, because these statistics are being analyzed at all times. Right. And it, you know what's, what's wild to me is that um, I'm starting to see that Latinos are sort of being scapegoated because they're just like, how Very could, much so. how could they, they show up so much for Trump after Trump said all of these things and did all of these things against the Latino community? And it's like, we still voted overwhelmingly for Biden. Yeah. It's like, I think it, the, the numbers for like who voted for Trump um, among Latinos hover around 27 to 30%, depending on kind of like yeah. who's reporting. And that's for still, from, in my opinion, and it's like high, it's still the vast majority. And it's it's so weird to just have them look at just that that small piece and just be like, well, it wasn't the vast majority enough. Like, why didn't y'all, like these were close races, you know? And so like the Democratic Party is just kind of looking at it and just being like, well, you guys didn't show up enough for a, you. It's just a vast majority. And but that, it to wasn't that though, like, I say to Demo- the Democratic Party, high. then you really need to work harder to get our exactly. vote. Yeah, and, and that's what we're seeing among like the commentators um, and, and members of the Democratic Party is, you know, this kind of shows that 
if you if you want Latinos to turn out, you actually have to kind of make an effort that maybe you haven't been doing before. Yeah, and so that is one of the biggest things. So I, I think in the research that we have done and all the reading that we've done, there, ha- there are several factors into um, why somebody would vote seemingly against their own interests, which is to say why a Latino would vote for Trump. Um, and there are several things. There are like, you know, it, coming from a, a country where socialism is like, the worst possible thing. It's potentially like what caused a downfall of the country. They don't trust the government in that way. There's also um, this sort of like hyper masculinity, quote unquote, what I like to call toxic masculinity, machismo, that actually speaks to a lot of kind of like the traditional mindset of a lot of different countries um, in Latin America that kind of play into, they kind of like that. Um, there's the the poor outreach from the Democratic Party to the Latino vote. There is um, voter suppression. There there are a lot of kind of explanations. And then always, you just kind of always have a bunch of people who just vote against their own interests. And nobody can entirely explain why, but that's just what happens. And there, there are several things that you can do. Um, and we have, I think, a lot of uh, a lot of Latinos who voted against their own interest, or they are single issue voters. Single issue voters has, is big amongst our community. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this. I think we've all were emailing about this actual mm-hmm. issue a while back. And there is, especially when when it becomes a religious group. That's you know, because a lot of Latinos still are very religious, and so that also put, helps you push how you're going to vote yeah a lot like especially um like the mexican-american vote they're very catholic uh and so birth control access to reproductive health they're they're very like unwavering in in their beliefs on that um and so that that could be their single issue that that pointed them in a certain direction that where they could forgive the the other things that that trump has done and that he has said and um i mean the whole point one of the the main points of our show today was to say that Latinos are so much more than just like immigration. Immigration isn't always our main and issue. And that wasn't even a We're big topic this election. No, it wasn't. And it should be. It but should have been. When when Unidos U.S., which is like a national Latino advocacy organization, when they did this big national poll, it came back like they're like, what is your, as a Latino person, um, what is your main thing that you're worried about and it wasn't immigration it was actually jobs and the economy um and so a lot of people again believed trump when he said like i am rich and i'm going to make everybody rich and they just want they just want to survive they just want a good job when we travel around the state um with the idaho commission on hispanic affairs the Mm -hmm. one the biggest issue is not immigration or the economy it's education education is the biggest issue here in idaho for latinos yeah um a lot of parents and i hear this a lot when people like well latino parents don't care and that really irritates me because i'm it's the it's the one issue that because they want to see their children succeed I've also heard healthcare. I mean, it's all of the things that literally right. every other voting group cares right. about. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do a little bit more analysis of where the votes went and why. Hi, and welcome back to today's episode of the Latino Card. I'm Rebecca DeLeon. I'm JG Saldana. And we're here with Rachel Spachek, our secret She's still co-host <laughs> slash not-so-special guest. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so we're we're talking about the Latino vote um, and we're, we're trying to figure out um, who voted for whom in this giant election that we've had and why. Um, and I think that one of the we, we have listed several things, several factors that kind of play into different people and why they vote. And one thing that I think um, 
we had pointed out definitely was that the Democratic Party kind of just assumes that because the Republican Party is a sort of overtly anti-immigrant overtly you know saying things that are they're very clearly racist um, and not condemning it very much that it would just be automatically assumed that the Latinos would then vote for the Democrats um, and that's clearly not true and the reason for that there's several reasons for that number one um, because the, what has the Democratic Party promised Latinos like it isn't so much you, you don't get to just assume that Latinos get your vote because you're assumed to be like the lesser of two evils like we still want you to work for us like what are you going to do for us and a lot of the criticism when people are analyzing the latino vote and like why did biden lose so much ground in in places where hillary won by a landslide um such as miami-dade county uh why did he lose so much there and it's because he didn't invest in reaching out to latinos and doing the latino outreach until way later in his campaign uh and people are are saying that was another big factor. And it was because they, they said that the Democratic Party just assumed that they would have that vote because of what Trump has done, what his policies have done, what his cabinet has done against Mexicans, against specifically Mexicans, but also any immigrants from Latin America. Uh, and that's just not enough for us. Yeah. And one thing I read, um, you know, kind of kind of proving that point a little bit is during the Democratic primary, um, Bernie Sanders in Nevada won 53% of the Latino vote. And that is because he did the outreach. You know, he reached out to the Culinary Union in Las Vegas, which is a huge union. And like that support probably pushed him over that 50%. And so, you know, just going going from there, you can see what that outreach looked like. And then kind of what Biden's looked like, which, I mean, I don't know, was essentially maybe a few things, but I don't even know what he really did. Well, I keep just hearing that, you know, from people, you know, the Democratic Party is taking the Latinos for granted, yeah, saying yeah. we just they're just assuming, oh, that we're in the bag. And no, you have to do some you have to tell us what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Nevada, I'm just like, what took you so long? <laughs> oh my god Nevada I know I oh my know. gosh but I loved all of the online memes of like how Nevada was taking its time it was enjoying so the good. spotlight that was like kind of actually reminded me of Rebecca in a way because she'd be like okay I'm on my way when I'm like you're still in your house aren't you <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so on blast I love it though um, it's true it is true and another thing that I wanted to, to point out was the issue of kind of like representation, like where do you see yourself? And um, the Democratic Party just all, again, immediately assumes that they're the more diverse one. And you can see that, especially also with the fact that uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is a woman. She's black. She's South Asian. That's really exciting. Um, and so I think that like, but they just assume that as a Latino person that that would be enough to engage me with the Democratic Party without having to look into, you know, who's doing what and who's representing what. And representation absolutely matters. We say that over and over and over in our show. It absolutely does matter. But we are seeing representation on the other side, too. I mean, as was a Native American, a Republican Native American that won her seat in Congress. Yeah. And and uh, most of the the. Border Patrol officers are Latino. In fact, Latinos with a Mexican background. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not enough to see yourself 
in politics as much is very important, but that doesn't necessarily immediately mean representation. It's very important, and I'm curious to see how this cabinet, how diverse this cabinet is, this new presidential cabinet is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard talk behind the scenes that they're trying to prioritize um, people of color over non-people of color. Um, inclusive with the LGBTQ community. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, just kind of diversity, I mean, across the board, religious diversity, you know, just they're, they're really aiming for better representation of what America looks like. <laughs> of what? I'm waiting for the call. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said I'm going to McCall. <laughs> I was like, I don't I think don't you're going to get any more representation DC. there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess point being, it's, it's you know, amazing for women and, and people of color that Kamala Harris is the VP, but, you know, there's there's an extra step that even she needs to do to reach out to communities of color and women. But right. I did love that her saying, she goes, I may be the first woman, but I'm not going to be the last. And that, yeah. I think, struck a chord with a lot of people. And I think, um, I hope she's right because we do need more women in leadership positions because mm-hmm. obviously we as men have not been doing a great job. So I think women need to start take, um, taking it over. You know, um, yeah, I love hearing that spoken by a man. It just really just does something to me. So they did a... <laughs> relax, Rachel, calm down. Relax, Rachel. You didn't have to make it weird. <laughs> she made it weird. <laughs> so... Uh, right after um, the, it was sort of called um, for Joe Biden by all of the legacy media outlets, um, the New York Times did a one hour long interview with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, um, and they, they got her thoughts on everything on the, you know, the upcoming Biden administration, um, what happened you know, and all of this stuff. And I highly recommend that y'all go and, and read it um, under the, the New York Times. It's very, very very good um but she said a lot of she said a lot of incredible things and she really pointed out um you know the democratic party uh, assuming that they are acting in a non-racist way simply because they are not doing what the republicans are doing and she pointed to the split in the democratic party between what what, what is considered kind of like the centrists and then like the leftists and she says that, you know, herself, obviously, and a lot of like people of color in the Democratic Party are often sort of more leftist. And they're the ones who are being scapegoated for losses in the Democratic Party. And she's she had she's very eloquent as she is. Um, but she pointed out like, no, actually, if you really take a look at it, um, anytime somebody isn't pulling for more progressive stuff, they're they're very much a lame duck, and we can't be the ones that are blamed for that. Right. Um, and that sort of scapegoating is part of what's wrong with the Democratic Party. And so a lot of people like to point out, like the Republican Party, they're the ones who are, you know, they they've got the bad policies. They're they're the ones who are very anti, whatever. Um, and that's true. But it's it's like the the Democratic Party needs to do much more. It's to, to be able to call themselves anti-racist. And they can't just make that assumption anymore. In a weird way, it's actually four parties because I feel like both parties right now are, are broken. split in half. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, there are still the green, there's, there's like the green party and like the parties that nobody ever gets to really hear very much about the independent party. We parties. really haven't talked a lot about Kanye today. The Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> what was his party called? The birthday party? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The birthday party. And, you know... Um, after it was called for Biden, um, Kim Kardashian tweeted out, I don't know if you guys saw this, because nobody cares, but she did tweet out um, 
you know, congratulations to Joe Biden with a lot of blue hearts. Mm-hmm. And people are like, um, your husband just lost. Your husband was also a candidate. Do you think she voted for him? That's what people are wondering. If she I voted for him. Well, I was reading some article online about her We're family. But somebody that did say that like her sisters were all posting vote for because I don't follow them, but they were saying that the sisters were saying vote for Kanye, but that she never did. Hmm. Mm, interesting. interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, she's not Latina, so <laughs> we don't care. She wishes. She, she wishes. Um, well, actually, this seems like a good place to take another really quick break, get a drink of water, and come back for some more explosive stuff. Hello, and welcome back to the Latino Card, today's episode with Myself, Rebecca De Leon. JJ Saldana. And Rachel Spacek, whatever her title is nowadays <laughs> with the podcast. So one thing that I think that in, in all of this talk about the Latino vote, one thing that we haven't been talking about is what it looked like here in Idaho. We've been talking about the presidential vote, um, but we haven't been talking about what it looks like here in Idaho. And the reason why, I think, is because we don't have that information. No. We, um, our agency, we spoke with the Secretary of State, and this has been a years ago, but we asked why it wasn't broken down by ethnicity. And we were told, well, legally, they don't have to do it, so they don't do it. Yeah. And so sucks and we asked well will you and they're like no (laughs) so we really don't know what else to do other than i guess petition i don't know yeah so basically what the reporting looks like in idaho when it comes to latino voters is we look at this same (laughs) pew research center um that looks at the i guess the eligible voting population and then it looks at kind of the percent that each um the what what in each county the latinos population looks like and so it kind of breaks it down like that but it's really like so hard to tell so i feel like all of us have just kind of gone based off of anecdotes we hear like i know for a while um the margie gonzalez at the commission was telling me oh yeah you know we're seeing lots of love younger latino voters who are coming out they're they're going to be of that voting age soon and they're going to be more um more liberal on a lot of things so it's basically really hard to analyze the vote here so you just have to talk to people going on what you said about margie what we see when we do travel is when we talk to these kids who are high school seniors getting ready to they seem to not just be voting for their own self-interest they're voting for interest of their grandparents and their parents and they they tell politicians you know we're going to vote if you want me to vote for you, I'm going to see how you treated my parents and my grandparents. And so I always tell politicians, well, if you don't, if you feel okay with the way you treated their parents in the past, then you have no problem. Yeah. But if you have a conscience and you realize, oh, this might have not hurt, this might have hurt like the Latino family here and there, well, then you might have a problem coming up because it's a huge voting block that's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's we have, we were talking about this a little earlier too, um, that most people have family members who. Um, voted for Trump. I actually don't think I have any, um, or at least they're quiet about it. <laughs> so you I'm know, sure I would not want to tell you if I did vote that oh, way. <laughs> oh, homie. Oh, homie. I don't think you do either. You're a very smart man. Um, I didn't. So, okay, good. So the, the, the thing is like, especially, you know, everybody is looking at like how divided our country is right now. Um, and that division has not left Latinos untouched you know there's a lot of division among Latinos as well and a lot of that kind of comes down to like what you were saying JJ is a lot of us um, have family members who are undocumented and 
you know, how could we vote for somebody who is so openly hostile to undocumented immigrants right. in this country? Um, you know, but it happens again, like it happens. And I, I know a couple of people, they're not in my family, or at least not anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> they, you know, and, and I, they voted a specific way. And yet they still have loved ones who are undocumented. And I always want to be like, you okay, bro? Like, you all right? You, you're mad? <laughs> you're mad your dad made you do your chores? Like, why would you do these kinds of things? And so that kind of goes back again into one of the other factors is like people kind of just vote against their own interests sometimes. The vast majority of kids, like I use kids loosely because I'm in my mid-30s, but like uh, the vast majority of like new 18-year-old kind of voters who are Latino, especially if their their parents are undocumented and they can't vote, they will vote for the person who is going to stand up for their parents. They mm-hmm. will vote in favor of that, but not all of them. Right. And that's wild. And we also have to take um, kind of switch gears a little bit, but there was some big changes at CWI this year. And with this last vote, we have a Latina oh, on the trustees. Right. Board of yeah. Trustees. Yeah, there's a Latina on the Board a of Filipina. Trustees. Yeah, and then um, Sharif Buckner-Webb is also on right. the board. So it's kind of really three. Diverse. Yeah, it's three out of four. And it's all women, women again, women. So and But with Samantha Guerrero, what was so impressive is she beat a longtime politician, a veteran politician with big money, with big contacts. So that was kind of cool to see. No offense to her opponent, but it's just too cool to see that like a new person comes mm-hmm. in and like, boom. She, and I mean, she was ahead the whole night. If you were watching, well, if yeah. you're a nerd like me, watching the polls, <laughs> she was ahead the entire night. And watching CWI on the polls. Huh? I was. I think I, I, I think I texted you, Rachel. I'm like, do you have the CWI number? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like not even the president. And I was like, do you have the ACD? I think I asked you about Ada County Highway District numbers too. I was looking at that <laughs> one too. I'm a political nerd when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yes, you're a nerd in many aspects. Yes, I am. And I'm proud of it. But <laughs> yes. I think it was great to see that um, we had a couple Latinos, I think, win office, right? That's right, yeah. Um, and And the thing is, is like what's so exciting about that isn't just the representation. It's watching the underdog win. Everybody right. always likes to watch the underdog win. Um, and when you are a person of color in Idaho, when you're a non-republican in Idaho, you are absolutely the underdog. Even if you're a woman in Idaho, you're the underdog. Um, and it's just so much fun to watch them try like triumph, be triumphant and and to so Rebecca, when are you gonna run? for office. Uh, I remember a couple years ago I got a text from someone. They're like, hey, can you get Rebecca de Leon to run for office? I'm like, who sure. that? Give me their name. <laughs> Who's you know doing who this? Is. And so I was like, sure, I'll, I can get her to run. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and Jen Martinez, who has been on the show a couple, a couple of times. times, she is always asking, especially women of color, to run because we well, do need, need to Well, you need to have run. her behind you because she is... I mean, she's a powerhouse. Yeah. She's incredible. And, you know, honestly, just to make heads and tails of this election season, I have been following... And if anyone knows politics, it's her. Jen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jennifer Martinez. is. She's incredible. Um, Chelsea Gaona-Lincoln is also another great one. Um, and the two of them work together on a lot of, like, um, you know, encouraging specifically women and, of color to And then they also work on a lot of human rights issues, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, and there are a lot of people working locally to try and get more representation. The, the, they stick out, the two of them. Um, they stick out, but they're not the only ones. There's there's even a lot of um, powerful allies, white allies, who are um, also trying to encourage more representation. And so it's, it's another, you know, th- this Congress that we're looking at once they're done counting, <laughs> um, it's going to be 
the most diverse Congress we've ever had. On and that's both exciting. sides. Yeah, on both sides. That's really exciting. I mean, this this change in CWI's board is very exciting. Because I was reading, too, there's more Republican women going into Congress this time around than ever before. Great. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that honestly plays back into the point of this show is, you know, maybe the Democrats can't say now that they're the only party with with women or people of color. They're going to have to, you know, find other start, ways um, to work. Yeah, at it. exactly. And, you know, um, raising the bar for both parties is always a good thing. It's never going to be a, uh, a bad thing. Because representation matters, and I know we keep saying that on the show, but it's so true. I mean, you can't be what you can't see. You can't be what you can't see. But also representation is um, not just seeing somebody who looks like you, but seeing somebody who represents you, represents your values, represents what you want. Represents your family. Yeah, and represents your family, the things that you love, the things that you stand for. And so that is, for somebody like myself, I have never really seen anybody represent me here in Idaho, and I think it's time that that changes. Yes, I don't think I have either. Yeah, this, there's, you know, we're, we exist here too. I've lived in Idaho basically my whole life, and I've never really had representation here. Um, and on that happy note, we're going to go ahead and bid adieu. Oh, am I allowed to say adieu? We're Spanish speakers. I say hasta luego. All right, hasta luego. I'm sorry, everybody. Adios. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and follow us on Twitter at the Latino card and JJ, Rachel, Ash, and I are all on Twitter as well. Follow us individually and laugh at our tweets that are funny. We need it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Adios. <laughs>